Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super excited to be with you today because we get to preview week two of college football. We have week two at large, and we have week two of BYU college football, who will be taking on the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. Join us in celebrating BYU's victory and celebrating what should be another BYU victory as we preview the SUU game, as we preview many other games that are going to be happening, and as we give you our picks on the Tipsy 10. It's going to be a fun episode, but before we get into it, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod, where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content. Make sure you're visiting our website, royalstrongandtrue.com, where you will find Jared's weekend watch guides that we will explain later on in the episode. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo. And welcome back, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Jared got transplanted to Texas or something. I don't know what he's doing right now. Uh, no, just Southern Utah. Uh, because it's Southern Utah, we'll be our back. We have a lot of stuff to get to, so let's just get right into things. Um, we have, we do actually do have a little bit of housekeeping today. Oh, I have a question for you, Justin. Yes. Are you currently watching right now? As a fan, a little after six on a Thursday night, are you watching Murray State, Louisville, or Lions Chiefs? Murray State, Louisville, obviously. That, that's what right I have answer. up on my computer. Uh, we do also have the NFL game up on the uh, up on the TV, but that is just because we got some skin in the game, right? We got a, a fantasy. I am in one fantasy league. My wife also in one fantasy league, and we got some players playing today. So, All right. All right. Uh, plus, we got Andy Reid, right? Yes. The mm-hmm. Big kahuna um, mm-hmm. for BYU. The ex-BYU offensive lineman and ex-champion of the NFL kick-pass-punt challenge. Exactly. Uh, The cheeseburger man himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Also on the Chiefs, we have Matt Bushman, who has been moved up to the active roster today. With with Travis Kelsey out with some sort of knee something or other. Uh, Matt Bushman is on the active roster, so... Good for you, Matt. Like, uh, let's get some touchdowns. Let's not break a collarbone this time. I mean, every time that Matt Bushman has been in the game, he's succeeded. In the NFL preseason, you know, when when he's gotten his limited snaps and everything with him being injured, he's dominated. I mean, he's a force. I mean, he's he's freaking good. He, he is freaking good. If he can just stay healthy, he will definitely be able to stick on a roster. Um in, in other news about BYU players, this time current players, um, Ryan Rikau was named the Big 12 Special Teams Co-Player of the Week and Ray Guy Punter of the Week. He had nine Heck punts, yeah. unfortunately, uh, but he did average like over 51 yards uh, per punt, which is incredible to do over nine punts. So, though that doesn't say great things about our offense, that does say great things about Ryan. That guy has a leg. He's got a boot. He's got a uh, he's got a snake in his boot, a uh, lead in some. He's got lead in his boots. I don't know what he's got in those boots, but whatever he's got in there, keep booting it. Next up in BYU news, we got some personnel news that will take effect in the 2024 BYU football season. BYU has signed, or I guess better, I should say, Devu Ma Tawataga has signed with the BYU Cougars 
for the 2024 year. He is a class of 2024, three or four star, depending on which website you consult, edge rusher out of Cedar Valley High School in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Dude's a big beast. He's six foot six, 240 pounds, could contribute right away. Had other offers from USC, Tennessee, Oregon, Oregon State, and Utah, but he chose the Cougs. That's that's pretty good. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, winning recruiting battles with USC, Tennessee, Oregon State, Utah, like I it doesn't really matter how many stars the guy has, right? If you're winning recruiting battles against those teams who offered, who want him, uh, that's a great place to be in. Uh this kind of sounds like another ice moa kind of, you know, just a great solid D end D lineman uh coming up through the ranks in the future. Uh I love to see Jay Hill just building that um building that defense. And, and especially focusing on the big boys on the defensive line, because that's where BYU really needs some work. Uh, and I'm glad to see all the re- all that recruiting, uh, K-pop, J-Hill, I'm glad to see it paying off. Um, and especially here in the state as well. We need to get the best guys in the state to come to BYU. Um, we're not going to win every single recruiting battle in the pipeline states, but in your home state, you need to win the hometown guys. And that looks like what we're doing. So that's a great sign for me. Absolutely. You know what uh, Davu said was one of the mo- the main motivators why he chose BYU over these other schools? The last thing he said is that every time he stepped on the BYU's campus, he felt the spirit. So if we can keep those guys home, then we're doing our job at BYU. <laughs> <laughs> if those guys are going anywhere else, there is a huge problem at BYU. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there is. We need the guys that can feel the spirit at BYU. We need them to stay at BYU. We got one. Let's keep the trend going upward and hopefully not down. It's like when you have a golden investigator. If you feel the spirit and you're a four-star, just dunk them right away. Get them exactly. in the baptismal font. Put that fetch a bautismal on them. Exactly. He comes up to you instead of you going up to them. In the font, in, in the, the font, font immediately. <laughs> um, speaking of baptisms, uh, BYU has a football game this week. I'm not sure how that applies, Jared. Other than the fact that baptisms are on Saturdays most times, and the football game is on a Saturday, so there, your transition worked. Uh, that's exactly what I was going for. Um, we're playing SUU. SUU had kind of a weird game against Arizona State last Thursday. Very uh, they played. At Arizona State, there was a haboob that uh, just suspended play for like two and a half hours. The game finished around 2 a.m. local. Um, but it was a 24 to 21 win for Arizona State. So much closer than they were anticipating. Southern Utah played pretty well. They had a special teams touchdown. Uh, I think they also had a defensive touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it, it was just kind of one of those weird games. Arizona State was breaking in a rookie quarterback, a freshman. Um, but Justin, after doing a little work on uh, SUU, what can you tell us about the Southern Utah Thunderbirds and how much of a threat they pose to the BYU Cougars on Saturday? I mean, Southern Utah is an interesting team, and if you look at that twenty-four to twenty-one victory, or, sorry, twenty-four to twenty-one loss for SUU, it's not nearly as impressive as it looks. I mean, it was twenty-four to fourteen, which I don't is not that much better of a score for Arizona State, but feels like there's a lot more comfort there, right? But you kind of had that garbage time blocked field goal that got returned for a touchdown that gave SUU their 21st points. So this is going to be a very interesting game because SUU plays a very aggressive style of defense. They like 
to blitz. They like to they, they like to cause havoc. In fact, Aaron Roderick on in one of his interviews this week said that SUU's defense is just as good, if not better, than Sam Houston's. Mm-hmm. Sam Houston, who only allowed 14 points to BYU at home. Oh, boy. Now, Jared, let me, let me ask you this question, okay? And I don't want you to pull any punches at all whatsoever. Okay. If we only score 14 points versus an FCS team, what? how will you react? What will you do? Um, first off, I will probably cry for a little bit and then laugh okay hilariously and then i would change my twitter handle to fire aaron roderick Um, there is i don't care what fcs team you're playing even if it's north dakota state uh if you're only scoring 14 points with the offense we have there's a giant problem so i i get it suu's defense is better quote unquote I, I don't care if they're better. Like our offense should step off the bus and score three touchdowns at the very least. So yes, I will be saddened, hilarified. And then um, what's the word? I will succumb to vengeance and violence. Oh, well, hilarified is an incredible word. Um, never heard that one before, but that's vocabulary with Jared. <laughs> now, some more on SUU. Let's talk a little bit about their offense. Their offense kind of sputtered versus Arizona State. Their quarterback is not that great. Go figure. His name is Justin. Justin's out there do not have a good track record of being quarterbacks. I don't know. There might be a Justin Fields out there. There might be a Justin Anderson who is 0 for 3 with one interception in the UTFL. There might be a few Justins out there that are not that good at quarterback. And Justin Miller of SUU is one of them. He completed less than 50% of his passes last Saturday on 7.2 yards per attempt. They'll get credit where credit's due, one touchdown and zero interceptions. Okay. I mean, and 7.2 is basically double what Keaton Slovis's yards per attempt were on, on <laughs> Saturday. So I, I guess I – our offense is in no place to talk down to the SUU offense right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, his pass numbers were a little bit inflated by a blown coverage 56-yard pass. But, um, I mean, he completed it. You got to give it to him. Even though it's a blown coverage, sometimes those quarterbacks miss those throws, but he didn't. Really, the only wide receiver you have to worry about if you're BYU is Zach Mitchell. Uh, he's by far their most talented receiver. He caught the ball four times on Saturday. The, the next wide receiver with the next most receptions had one. Oh, okay. So uh, there okay. were five <laughs> receivers with one catch. Every other ball went to Zach Mitchell. He's number granted, 14. Right? Yeah, granted, they, they only passed the ball like 17 or 18 times. They ran the ball double that. Even though they were down the whole entire game, they were running the ball down Arizona State's throw, or at least they were trying to which is kind of strange, but this offense really likes to run. None of their running backs are particularly electric. They're a bunch of power runners, not a ton of speed or agility in the running back room, but that doesn't matter to them. They're going to keep running that football. Interesting. It, it honestly, they sound a lot like Sam Houston, like just like a lower level of Sam Houston, at least stylistically and maybe philosophically. 
Um, it sounds kind of just like the ground and pound game that Sam Houston was trying to do. Sam Houston, to their credit, did air it out a little bit. They capitalized on our blitzes. They they found the holes in the defense. Um, I I I have a couple questions for you about Southern Utah. Is is there anything that do you think will surprise BYU fans? Uh, from Southern Utah, like, should we go into this game expecting to give up a touchdown this game should, or should we expect to see another shutout? Should we go in expecting to score more, uh, after your deep analysis, what, what, what do you think? If is 14 zero acceptable against this team, I guess is what I'm asking. Super deep analysis here, but no, I mean, SUU, like you were saying, is that team that likes to ground and pound, ground and pound, ground and pound, and then out of nowhereville, pull out a play action pass and try to go over the top. So with plays like that, why it, it's possible that our safeties or cornerbacks get beat. Should they buy SUU? No, they shouldn't. Their wide receivers aren't super quick. They are quick, but they're not super quick. They're slower than Sam Houston's guys, that's for sure. Their running backs are not as good as Sam Houston's were. With the standard being set at shutting out Sam Houston, I think we should probably shut out SUU Tumbian uh, <laughs> as well. Um, we should shut out um, SUU as well, unless we just give up a touchdown in garbage time when we have like second and third stringers in. But our first team defense should not allow more than two first downs to the Thunderbirds. Uh, that's, that's what I like to hear. And I think all of Cougar nation would be very, very happy if that were the case. Um, I am also hoping for a shutout, um, whether or not that's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, but I have another question for you. What is the smallest margin of victory that you would be okay with regardless of how many points each team scores margin of victory? What is the closest the game could be? And you still be feeling like, okay, it's so, you know, we got this. It's fine. 35. Okay. 35. No, we need to blow this team out of the water. BYU did not show very much last Saturday. You heard it from Keaton Slovis. You heard it from Aaron Roderick. You heard it from Kalani Satake. They were all very disappointed in how the offense performed and said that they needed to fix things. If we don't see this offense getting fixed, that's going to be a huge problem moving forward for BYU. And I think one of the only reasons, one of the only ways that you can show that it's fixed is by um, overindulging, I guess you could say, <laughs> or is by basically breaking every moral rule that Kalani has, <laughs> putting your foot on the neck and actually blowing a team out for once. So yeah, I want to see something in the neighborhood of like 42 to three. I want to see our offense score at least 42 points. But what are you expecting from the offense this week, Jared? See, see, I, I agree. Um, I, I was surprised with 35 a little bit. I, I was leaning more to like the 28 to 31. I, I would love to see a, a 35 point margin of victory, but I just don't think we're going to score 35 points. <laughs> oh no. I know as much as I hate it. I just, I don't think that our offense is something you can just fix lickety split. You know, I, I think it's fixable. Obviously it's very fixable. But I just don't think it's going to be one of those things where, oh, all of a sudden we're fine and we're scoring 50 points. I would love that. Believe me. Uh, I just don't think that uh, Kalani or A-Rod or our team is capable of such a turnaround. And maybe they are. Maybe they are. Maybe I'm being completely uh, – maybe I'm completely wrong here. Um, I'm thinking like 31 to 3, right? 30 to 3, 31 to 3. 35 to 3 would be awesome. 
Uh, a shutout would be incredible. But yeah, I think if we score like four or five touchdowns, four or five scores, right? Four touchdowns and then a field goal or something else, you know, in garbage time. That that would say to me like, hey, okay, like there is reason to hope. But if we're scoring like under 25 points, there's a huge problem. If we win 24-21, heads have got to roll. Um yeah, I, oh, I yeah. expect to see a lot more from the offense, but maybe not quite the uh, 180 uh, that we all hope to see. I'm I'm, I'm thinking we're going to score more. We're going to be more prolific. We're going to move the ball more, but I just don't think everything is going to be fixed uh, in one week. And I think that's okay, right? As long as we're taking a positive step forward and we're not just, uh, you know, plateauing at a 14-0 victory, um, then I think we're going to be okay. I mean, what if we win all 12 games on our schedule, 14 to zero? If we win all, <laughs> what would the odds be on that? Like that? No, that would be insane. That'd plus be three a... houses and a yacht. I... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> plus Jeff Bezos yacht and one of his spaceships too. <laughs> and we asked that same question to you guys, to the fans on Instagram. And you guys came up with a bunch of responses that we want to share as well. We asked the fans, what do you expect to see from BYU this week? And the consensus was clear. More points. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. People asked for more points for touchdowns with four exclamation marks, by the way. So that's at least four touchdowns. <laughs> um, a full rockin' stadium and a team to match. Hopefully the stadium like is full. Points, 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 all from BYU. We got uh, for BYU to actually have good play calls and go with some long balls. Shout Thank out to you. the person who said that. <laughs> um, more LJ Martin, por favor. Ooh, all right, all right. I like that. At least 250 yards rushing. Okay. Which that is should some... be achievable. Yes, and it's something that we should aim for. Like, our running game was so bad. Play calling yep. was bad, but our run game was terrible. I would love to see, like, over 200 yards rushing. Oh, yeah. Arizona State rushed for four yards a pop on Southern Utah, and their offensive line and running backs are not nearly as good as ours are. Not nearly. Let's see. What else? What else we got? Uh, they asked for more points. That's it. That's the tweet. More <laughs> and more creativity on offense and a couple more touchdowns. Just a couple more touchdowns from that fan. But it is clear that we want to see more touchdowns and some more creativity on offense. None of the base vanilla where you only have outside zone running plays and 10-yard outs. We want to see some <laughs> actual play calling. Let Keaton display his arm. He's an NFL guy. He's going to be in the NFL. Let him show it off. Like, he, the zip he had on those balls was <laughs> incredible on mm -hmm. Saturday night. Let him throw the ball more. Let him get in a rhythm. That That would be incredible. Uh, but yeah, it all comes down to the run game for me. You gotta it, whether it's the receivers or whether it's the running backs or whether it's the offensive line or the play calling, I don't care. You've got to figure something out. We need to average four or five yards of pop. We need over 200 yards. We need to get out of there with a quick, easy 35 to three dub. Uh, <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's really it. Yeah, um, I would love to see LJ Martin running the ball a lot too, but I want to see Aiden Robbins out there. I want to see Aiden Robbins having himself a game because we brought Aiden Robbins over the RB1 because he's a beast. And if he can showcase that on Saturday, I think we'll be in a pretty good position. I 100% agree. He's got to show his power. 
He is a big boy. We need to get him moving downhill, not sprinting him out to the side, making him choose a hole. Just move the offensive line down the field, open up a hole, put a linebacker in there and let Aiden Robbins send him to the netherworld. Um, <laughs> I, I'm very excited to see that pan out. I, Dude, I don't know. I just hope that the offense is the better. The defense could do whatever, and I really wouldn't care. Because if the offense doesn't perform well, bad. If they do perform well, good. Defense, I'm sorry. You're just not the story right now. I mean, yes and no. I, I, depends. If they let Quentin Rice play, it would be the number one story in Royal Strong and Truth's book. <laughs> Auto pick six. Put him in. Put Quentin Rice in. <laughs> Uh, I guess we should talk about the uniforms. Um, so BYU released a quote-unquote new uniform today. Um, mm-hmm. It's all Navy. Uh, the last time we wore all Navy was in 2021 against Boise State, and we lost 26-17 to 17 at home. Uh, that was a rough one. It was also in the 1 o'clock, 1.30 window, so that's not a good sign. Um, but the helmet this time isn't like that matte finish it's a it's a glossy finish it's like shiny it's i i don't know what what's your take do you like the helmet better or did you like the old matte finish better i mean i like the helmet i can't really tell a huge difference um one of the posts that byu sent out kind of made it seem like there were like speckles of royal on the helmet is that true or is it 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 felt kind of like you know how on a car like the car paint is never just like a flat paint color. It's got like speckles of like shiny metallic, whatever inside. Yeah. That's kind of how it struck me is that there's these tiny little like flecks of different shades of the blue. And some of them are quote unquote Royal. I I don't really know. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a, it's a good looking uniform at the end of the day. You guys know how we feel about Navy blue on this podcast. It's the Royal strong and true podcast for a reason. Okay. (laughs) We, for a reason, we sing Royal Strong and True, wear the Royal Blue, mm-hmm. right? We don't care about Navy. We don't want to see Navy. But um, what more can you do? Um, if we are going to pull out Navy, I'm glad it's for SUU and not an actual, like, difficult opponent because we can afford to kind of play around with our food a little bit versus SUU. We can't afford that versus other schools. So I'm fine with us wearing Navy today or I guess on Saturday just as long as we never wear it again. Because, I don't know, if when you're watching the game in person or on the TV and you look down on the field and you see navy blue, it just doesn't look like BYU. It looks like another team that's here playing a neutral site or something. The royal blue screams BYU. The navy doesn't. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I would even add, the royal blue screams the navy doesn't. The Navy is just bland. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, it's cool as like an alternate color, but I, whenever I see the jerseys, I'm just like, I don't know. They just don't excite me. They're just like, okay. You know, it, besides the fact that we never play good in Navy, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan kind of like, <laughs> like we've said. Um, but like you said, also, I am glad that it is against SUU. Um, Southern Utah against Arizona State went white on white on white, and they do have some pretty nice white helmets with the Thunderbird outlined in red and then the red face mask. Not exactly sure what they're going to wear up here at BYU because their game post has red tops and black bottoms, and I don't think that's going to be their uniform combo. I mean, they could, I guess. Theoretically, yeah. I assume it's going to be like white, white, black, something like that. I don't know. 
Um, but yeah, just something interesting. Fans are encouraged to wear Royal as always. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't get the whole Navy buzz thing. I'm okay. If we just did the exact same uniform as last game, honestly. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. Um, I think if we're going to wear Navy, if we're going to embrace tradition, we have to do it. We have to go full on embrace tradition, Navy and tan. We got to bring back the bibs. I, Honestly, we got to do one game, right? One game with the horrible uniforms, <laughs> with the tan on the the Why like not? weird coo- like just do it, right? Like everybody's going to hate it and it's going to be hilarious. But if you do it against SUU, nobody's going to care, right? Like I don't know. I I'm with you. I would love to see that. You have all of our uh, image really quick. You'd have like all of our parents generation with all of their like 2000s stuff uh, coming up and showing up with their 20 year old jackets and Navy and tan. And Oh my gosh, this picture is disgusting. How is that a home Jersey? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, it's we'll beautiful, post- Jared. It's, it's, it's a beautiful Jersey. We'll post it, but I, I just don't understand how it's a home Jersey. It's white. It, it's got like Royal side or Navy sides, but it's white. I, I mean, know. that Jersey percentage wise is more Navy than it is white. True. True. But you just see the bib to the point where like the other team is wearing white in the background. You can see that, right? Yes. But I look at this Jersey and I think it's an away Jersey. I don't <laughs> know. Bibs. We, oh we got to bring God. them back though. Got to bring them back at least for one game. Just one game, man. That's all I want. All I ask is we bring back the bibs for one game. Right? If we're going to do Navy, make it a spectacle. Turn it into a circus show for one week and have us go full Navy. Embrace tradition. <laughs> um, I have nothing else about this game. We'll get to our score predictions a little bit later. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other uh, parting thoughts on this before we get to our full college football week preview? Uh, go Cougs, put Dom Henry in, put Quentin Rice in. Hey, I we might be able to see him. If, if our offense can put together any sort of competency this game, then hopefully we'll be able to see both of them on the field late in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, injury report, uh, uh, Cody and Keanu. I have heard nothing. I have heard no confirmation. I have heard nothing. Justin, have you heard anything about whether or not they will be returning this week? I saw one interview with Aaron Roderick on the practice field where he said the classic BYU, their day the day. Oh, nice. We love that. So they could be back Saturday or they could come back week 11. You never know. <laughs> classic. Um, I would think it, it, this is absolutely no insider info. I would assume they're not going to be played in this game and they'll just save them for Arkansas. If that were, If I were the coach, that's what I would do maybe give them the first series, but in the end, like you don't want them re-injuring something just because they might be able to play. Like I save them for Arkansas, unleash the beast uh, in Fayetteville. That's, that would be my approach, but I don't know what they're going to do. Oh, I think we lost Justin. Is Justin back? I think I'm back. I, okay, Justin's back. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I got I got lost in internet land for a little bit there. Um, 
everything was frozen and then you were talking and then it like went super fast and then it cut out again. And now <laughs> I think we're back. So classic uh, yeah. zoom. Classic I agree zoom. with whatever Jared said. I agree with it. I testify <laughs> of the words of my companion full heartedly. Uh, all right, let's move ahead then. Um, before we have another zoom outage, um, okay. It is week two of college football. There's a lot of games. Like the week one slate was pretty good. It was all right. This week two slate is awesome. There are a lot of really good games. Um, not a ton of like top 10 matchups. There is one that we'll get. Well, almost one that we'll get to, but there are a lot of super, super interesting games. Uh, we'll get to them, but first we have to start with the upset picks um, because that was the, 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 these are the the funnest way to go uh, about picking the smaller games. And Justin, you lead the way three to zero, and uh, you yeah, come to clutch against Boston College, my man. Uh, mm-hmm. Three points for that outright win. Um, but Justin, where are you going? You have the honors on the tee box today. Uh, where are you going for your upset pick? My upset pick is uh, involves Northwestern of all oh. schools. Um, Northwestern plays UTEP at home at 1.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network, and Northwestern is a one-and-a-half-point dog at home. To UTEP? Um, to UTEP, yes. Now, what? You can check and verify because I'm, I'm, I was tired. I was at work when I saw this, but I am pretty sure that I read that line correctly, that Northwestern is a point-and-a-half dog to UTEP at home. I what I really want to know is when the last time a Big Ten team was a home underdog to University of Texas El Paso. Never. I don't know. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. I, I think it's just crazy that Vegas said it that way. Northwestern did look bad last week versus uh who they put? Rutgers. Rutgers. Um got absolutely trounced. Yeah, yeah, absolutely trounced by Rutgers. But I actually think Rutgers is on an upward trajectory as a program. Um, Northwestern with the weird hazing scandal and everything, everything that's going on there. There's a lot of stuff that's going wrong at Northwestern right now, but I don't think losing the UTEP will be one of them. I think not only do they cover, but I get the alternate win. Uh, I, I like that. I mean, one and a half points. That's easy. That's easy money, right? Um, Oh yeah. I I'm looking here on Caesars. It is. They're a one point underdog. I'm gonna give you the one and a half because it's probably moved since then. Um, for mine, I'm going to the late night slate and I'm going with a pick. That's probably really bad for me. Um, I'm going with a Homer pick Arizona state plus three, even against Oklahoma state, Arizona state home dog coming off of a terrible game against SUU with the haboob, um, eight 30 on FS one. I think Arizona state was checked out after that haboob. Um, and I think they're ready to play. I think this is going to be their real, like their first real game. I don't think they really showcased much against SUU. Oklahoma state has a lot of question marks, especially at the quarterback position and going to Arizona state, uh, Jaden Rashada, I think is going to go off. I don't know. I'm excited for this one. And I think Arizona state can win. Um, it is a homer pick, so it's probably going to lose, but I need the three points and I'm pretty confident Arizona state is going to go out there and win this one. So uh, give me the Sun Devils plus three at home uh, against Oklahoma State. I would love that if it was plus three and a half. Um, mm-hmm. The push, I mean, the push doesn't do you any good here, Jared. But Zero um, points for a push. Fingers crossed. Maybe your homer pick, you know, you're sticking to your principles now, like you said. Exactly. Maybe that, 
will get you your three points. Uh, we'll see. This week is going to be a giant principal week. So we'll see if we go better than Ofer on the upset picks and four and six in the tipsy 10. I guess we'll see. There's only one way to find out, right? <laughs> uh, there are. So the, like we said, there are a ton of games this week. Um, but we do have only 10 on the tipsy 10 picks, but there are so many more than just 10 great games. Uh, I just want to kind of go through a couple of them and just get some thoughts uh, on each of these games. First off, we got Oregon going to Lubbock to Texas tech, a team that just lost in double overtime after a lightning delay in Laramie Laramie. Justin, does Texas tech have any chance against Oregon after Oregon dropped 81 on Portland state? I mean, I'd like to say yes. Everyone thought that this was going to be like the marquee game of this week. And then Texas Tech did what it did. So it would be very Oregon to absolutely dominate week one, showcase all this ability, and then lay an egg versus Texas Tech. (laughs) Um, Texas Tech has a chance, yes, but I don't think that they can win this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it might be close for a half. Uh, I, I... I don't know. I want to think Texas Tech has a shot, but Oregon just looks so good. Um, Over on the CW, uh, question mark, question mark, we have Cincy at Pitt. Now, I thought Cincy was going to be absolutely atrocious this year, and Pitt is supposed to be pretty, like, just mid, I guess. Uh, But both of them looked pretty good in their home openers. So, Cincy at Pitt, do you have a lean here uh, on the CW? It's crazy to me that I have to go to the CW to watch a football game. That's honestly <laughs> hilarious. I love the fact that it's on the CW. Why not? Why the heck not? I mean, it's just like, you know, watching the NCAA tournament on like TBS. Like, why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't TNT know. doesn't make any sense. Anyway, but um, I think uh, that'll be a very fun game. I think that's probably going to be one of the closest games of the day. And I think since he's going to win it. I would love to see since you win it. I That wouldn't give me very much hope that we'll beat him at home if our offense isn't figured out. But I agree, it's going to be a great game, and I'll be rooting for Cincy. Oh, uh, heck yeah. We, we have a rematch of an absolute banger from last year, App State at North Carolina. Uh, this game was incredible last year, but this year App State has looked really shaky, and North Carolina has looked really good. So obviously, you know we're on upset alert here. Justin, who are you going in with in this one? Uh, again, this isn't going on the record. We're just we're just talking through the best games. North Carolina, have you learned nothing? <laughs> Stop scheduling App State. Stop doing it. Stop. <laughs> it is just the single best way to kill your entire season. To lose to an App State team who looks incredible, ends up being ranked only to finish the year four and eight. <laughs> it's pick your you picked your poison um but no, i think drake may is too good of a quarterback i think unc does win the game um app state doesn't seem as good this year as they have in years past i don't think they can pull off the upset what do you think no i'm with you at unc looks really good and app state was in a dog fight with gardner webb until the fourth quarter mm-hmm. <laughs> uh in principle it's a fun game but i don't think this one's going to be very close Nah, yeah, I completely agree with that, man. We also got another fun rematch from last year. Uh, <laughs> if you want to call this fun, this might be the most disgusting game of the week, most sicko game of the week, early nomination. Texas A&M is traveling to the quarter-full stadium of Miami Hard Rock. <laughs> what, what do you think about this game? 
absolutely disgusting. Neither of these teams look like they've improved one bit. I'm excited to see who wins, but I'm not excited to watch. I will not be watching. There's too many other good games that will need my attention. This one's going to be just three and out, three and out, bad interception, three and out, field goal, blocked field goal, and then it'll end up like nine to 13 or something at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Loser, the coach of those here, hot seat for sure. Mario Cristobal has not done enough to earn the money or the respect he's been given. And Jimbo Fisher has downright sucked. Like he's had one or two decent years. And other than that, he's worse than Kevin Sumlin, who was before him. So I, I see no reason to hope for either of these coaches and the loser is going to be on a very, very, very hot seat come week three. No, man, I absolutely agree. This is going to be a disgusting game. I also will not be watching it until it's the fourth quarter and it's like three to zero. And I'm just looking to see which team is going to lose in the most hilarious fashion possible. That's true. And we could definitely see a hilarious loss in this one. Um, up next, we have a team, a battle of Purdue and Virginia tech. Now, Virginia tech's been struggling a little bit lately past couple of years. Obviously they have enter Sandman, incredible home atmosphere, uh, but they really need to get things cooking if they want to stay alive uh, in the new age of college football. Whereas Purdue just lost to Fresno state at home in the Fregno first year. staple. Yes, Fregno staple in the first year of Ryan Walter. So I I think this one's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be fun to watch, but I have absolutely no idea who's going to win this one. This is going to be like a third third tier game for me. Like you got the big TV and then you have the other TV that you'll sometimes switch the sound on. And then you have like the other TV and the, and the computer or the tablet. This is going to be on like the tablet or the smaller, the smaller TV. Uh, but it's definitely one I'm going to be keeping an eye on because I think this one could get interesting late. It could. It really could just because these teams are both just, I don't know, you know, like there's teams out there that are boring to watch. And there are teams out there that are so boring that they're funny. (laughs) Both of these teams are so boring that they're funny. Um, Enter Sandman is the only advantage that Virginia Tech has in this game, but I think it's enough to push them over for the dub. That's, That's my take. Enter Sandman for the victory. (laughs) <laughs> uh just a couple of more here you got troy at kansas state i mean kansas state was really good won the big 12 championship last year but troy basically was the best g5 team of all of them last year they were very very good troy's um, always sneaky man they always always remember, they took clemson to overtime when they were playing with deshaun watson yeah see oh. like this is one of those teams that you can never you can never look over them And they have an incredible defense. Kansas State really hasn't been, you know, hasn't been um, challenged yet. Uh, That that one's going to be interesting. I would put that one on upset of watch. The spread is like 15 and a half, I think. Um, Something kind of big, but I I mean, easy money, Troy covering, right? I don't know if they outright win, but I I think it's definitely going to be like a 28 to 17 kind of slugfest game game there in the small apple. The small apple, little Manhattan. The next game on the slate, I mean, this is this was another one that was supposed to be a huge marquee matchup that got absolutely obliterated. Um, Baylor, who got dog walked by Texas State. Texas State. Texas, not not Texas, not UTSA, <laughs> not UT Arlington, by freaking Texas State. Okay. <laughs> they host the Utah Utes, who are ranked what, 14, I want to say? Uh I- Something like that. Let's 14 see. or 19, something like that. 
whatever they are, they're in the teens. They are ranked. They shouldn't be. They are disgusting. I hope they lose. But what do you think about the game? No, I mean, Baylor has no chance. Their quarterback's injured, and that was the only bright spot of their entire game against Texas State. Defense is atrocious. Offense is pathetic without a passing game, and they have a, you know, no-namer at quarterback now. Cam Rising is supposed to be back. Um, I don't know if he's actually going to play. Like, he was cleared this week. I just hate how lucky Utah gets, bro. Every single year. They schedule Florida and Baylor, and we're like, oh, man, this is going to be incredible. But look at these, this hard schedule they have. And then Florida turns out to be a dumpster fire who didn't practice once all offseason. And then Baylor comes in after losing to Texas State, and their quarterback is out. Like, how lucky can you freaking get? It's so annoying. Um, yeah. I'm not even going to watch this one. I can't stand to watch Utah, especially <laughs> when they're probably going to win. That one will not be on a TV for me. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. Uh. Lastly, just to get a couple last out of the way, out of the way here, Notre Dame, NC state. This is one that a lot of people are talking about. I don't see the real intrigue here. I mean, it's Notre Dame's first real test and their only one before the Ohio state game in a couple of weeks. Uh, I just don't think NC state's any good. I mean, we've said this since, I don't know, since we were babies, NC state is not as good as everybody says they are. Uh, maybe keep an eye on it just in case all of the national pundits are right. But I, I don't know. Do you think this one's going to be close? I don't see this one being very close. I think the spread is only like three and a half or something like that. It's like really low. It is. It's surprisingly small. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I mean, Brennan Armstrong, we enjoy watching him, but he has been putting handcuffs in this offense. They're not letting him rip the ball like he did at Virginia. So, yeah, I don't think this one will be close. I think Notre Dame's going to blow NC State out of the water. Yeah, I agree. And then finally, uh, this one. Vanderbilt at Wake Forest. Uh, this is just a black and gold snobby private schools fighting each other. And guess what? It's on at 9 a.m. So if you don't like game day or can't, you know, stand Corso's senile voice rambling all over the place and incoherent gibberish, uh, you can tune into this game uh, for an hour before the 10 a.m. game start. So I just wanted to mention that just so everybody's aware. Uh, but let's finally get to the tipsy 10. People are probably screaming at their phones uh, right now, uh, asking us to get to the good stuff. Uh, and here we are. We're at the tipsy 10, everybody. Here we are. Last week, the fans dominated us um, in every sense of the word. Fans went <laughs> eight and two in the tipsy 10 last week. I was in second place at five and five. Jared with an abysmal four and six. Rough week, rough week. I, I very, I, went away from my principles. I did not dance with the girl I brought to the dance. I did not ride the horse that got me there. Um, even though I didn't really do so hot last year on principle. So I'm going back to principle this week. Uh, you'll see it in a lot of my picks. Hopefully, uh, it turns into something a little more sustainable, a little more impressive than a four and six record. Justin five and five isn't bad though. It's not terrible, but it's not where I want to be, right? Uh, you you obviously want to do better than five and five. You want to be have a winning record, not just not have a losing record. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a week. Do you think we can write the ship this week? Um, interesting word choice. I think riding the ship is a great way to put it. Uh, you're not exactly saving the ship. You're not exactly into port yet, but you're not sinking anymore. I think that's what we're going to do this week. At least for me, that's my goal. Just don't sink again. Um, whereas for you, you can get a move on you, that you can, you know, go ahead and move upward. I 
have to go six and four just to get back to, you know, 500 on the entire season. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, uh, the fans, hopefully they just, you know, suck this week and we can catch some ground on them. Fair enough. Let's just run right into it. The first game we're going to pick is a Friday night game that will be played at 5.30 p.m. on ESPN2, where you'll be able to watch the Illinois Fighting Illini travel to Lawrence, Kansas, to take on the Jayhawks. The spread is currently set at minus three, favored to Kansas. The fans also favor Kansas, 86% of them choosing the Jayhawks to win this game. But who do you have in this game, Jared? Um, I have Kansas, one, because they're a Big 12 team, two, because of their beautiful blackout jerseys with the 1945 Jayhawk, uh, the the circus script. I absolutely love those jerseys. They're incredible, beautiful. Um, Lawrence is going to be rocking. Uh, I can tell you that much. So I'm going to go with Kansas in this one. Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. Yeah, you know, I, don't, I really don't know what the – Doing this one, I think I've been really high on Brett Bielema. I was really high on the fighting Illini last year. I I was on that ship. I was on that ship. But, man, they struggled versus Toledo last week. So I think Kansas is just the better team this year. Any other year, I'd probably pick Illinois. But, unfortunately, I'm going to complete the sweep. Choose Kansas, which means all of us are going to lose. Good job, Illinois. Put one in the wing column. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we have Saturday, 10 a.m., big noon Saturday. Um, Nebraska is playing at Colorado. Now, this is an old rivalry, getting revived. These teams still hate each other, these programs and fan bases. This is still the real rivalry for both of these schools, um, even though neither of them are in the conference they once started in. Colorado's coming back. Maybe we can get Nebraska to come back as well sometime. Um, Colorado is somehow like the best team in the country going to the playoff. Now they got two Heisman candidates. They're both actually going to win the Heisman um, Schurter Sanders and uh, Travis Hunter and uh, coach prime will probably win a Heisman too. You know, just yeah. the amazing job that he's doing there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so incredible. Um, Colorado now up to number 22. They are three point favorites. Uh, the fans have also picked Colorado 76% of them. Uh, this game is literally going to be at 10 a.m. Local. Like, This is not some big noon Saturday. They're playing at noon. No, this is 10 a.m. local. That is disgusting. You should never play a game earlier than noon at your at like noon local. There's no way it is stupid. Uh, Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. Justin, who are you going with? Colorado or Nebraska? (laughs) All the logic in me says that Colorado is going to win this game. But I'm just going to do this as a wouldn't it be hilarious? Wouldn't it be hilarious if Colorado blew TCU out week one, or not blew them out, but blew their defense out of the water week one, only to score like 14 points versus Nebraska and lose 17 to 14 at home versus Matt Rule in Nebraska? That'd be the most hilarious thing in the world. And I want it to happen. I'm manifesting it. I'm choosing Nebraska. <laughs> I am right there with you, Justin. Uh, I still don't like coach prime. I still don't like Colorado. I still don't like the pac 12, even though Colorado's coming to the big 12 next year. And let's go. Ne- Nebraska has a great defense. I know it was against Minnesota and the Greek rifle who actually sucks last week. Um, but Nebraska's defense is going to show Colorado what's up and Colorado. Like people will say, Oh, Jeff Sims, Nebraska doesn't have a great offense. Colorado 
did not get one TFL, one sack on Saturday against TCU. They they barely even pressured the quarterback. Like this defense is very porous, very not good. So I expect Nebraska to even put up some points. And then Justin, like you said, it would be hilarious if Colorado lost to Nebraska at home on big noon Saturday after beating Colorado and becoming the, you know, playoff front runner and the Heisman front runner and everything. I just think that'd be so funny. It would. So hopefully it happens. Fingers crossed. Next up, we got an 8.30 p.m. game Saturday on ESPN. The Auburn Tigers will be traveling to Berkeley, California to take on the Cal Golden Bears. Auburn is favored by six and a half points away from home. 94% of the fans think Auburn's going to win this game. Almost, that, that's a landslide victory for the fans. Jared, do you agree with them or are you differing? I am differing. I'm going Cal, baby. I know this is like the wackiest pick. One principle, right? Pick against the SEC, always. Yep. Uh huh. Two, Cal did not fail me last week. I was a little worried. They went up against North Texas at North Texas. Why the heck are you going out there for a game? And they put up 58 points and won by 27 or 37. Like, this is a very much, uh, I'm not going to say very good. This is a much better Cal team than we have seen in the past. And I just, Arizona or Auburn was such a dumpster fire last year. I just don't think that they have put it all together yet. Um, I'm going with Cal. It's going to be a super late game for Auburn on the body clock. I don't know. I may just be throwing away a point here, but give me Cal. Give me the six and a half and give me that outright win for the Golden Bears. Jared, I'm right there with you. Um, I don't think many people paid attention to how good Cal was last week. They played well, man. They look like they are not going to be a bottom feeder in the pack this year. They can play some ball this year, which is crazy to say that Cal can play ball. But I honestly think that they might be better than Auburn. I love it. I love it. Let's go, baby. Um, Next up, we have another Pac-12 SEC matchup. Um, This time, it'll be a future Big 12 SEC matchup, not an ACC-SEC matchup. Uh, Saturday, 530 on SEC Network. We have Arizona going to Mississippi State. Now, Mississippi State, it's a whole new regime. They're starting almost completely anew. Like, they hired from within, but he's changing everything about the program. They're not going to be this Mike Leach air raid as we saw in the past. Going to be very different. They looked good in their opener, but it was against an FCS team. Classic SEC, you know, just beating up on, you know, Podunk University from Hattiesburg, Louisiana. Um, this time they play Arizona with Jaden Delara, who after two years removed from losing to NAU went out and beat NAU by 35. So this is a much improved team. The defense is nothing to, uh, call home about, I guess we'll say, but the offense is explosive. Um, Justin, who do you have in this one? Arizona at Mississippi state, Mississippi state favored by nine and 93% of the fans have picked Mississippi state. we got a lot of sec homers apparently in our, uh, following on Instagram. Yeah, man. I, if this were at Arizona, I would choose Arizona to be quite honest with you. So I was going to have to choose Mississippi state until they made that Instagram post or that Twitter post. Did you see it? Did you see no, the one? I didn't. Looking it up. So it got deleted. Um, oh, 
Um, it was a Mississippi State player hurdling a red cactus, but the red cactus looked suspiciously and um, wife, cover your ears for this one. Um, looked suspiciously like he was hurdling like a dildo or something. <laughs> like it looked like it, it was it was like the angle was like right up his butt. Um, they deleted that post because it was really poorly designed. But if you make a post like that, you just have to own up to it. Your graphic design team has to say, yep, we did that. And if you do that, all the respect in the world. You deleted it. I cannot respect that. So I'm choosing Arizona. I love it. I'm currently scrolling on no context college football because I feel like that's something they would post. Oh, it'll be on there. Um, I didn't even know about that, but I'm also going with Arizona. Again, principal pick against the SEC. But two, I don't trust this Mississippi State team. I don't think they have it figured out yet. I don't care who you play in week one, if it's an FCS team or whatever. It, you That's not enough time to figure out a whole new regime. This Arizona team is going to come in. They're going to be feisty. They're going to score a lot of points. And I don't think Mississippi State is going to be able to hold up. Again, this might be throwing away a pick because it's at Mississippi State with all the cowbells. Um, but I'm very excited for this game. And I, I think Arizona has a legitimate shot at winning the game. So give me the Wildcats, even though I don't love it. I'm still sticking with it. Sweet. I love it. Jared, I sent you the post. Um, it's a bro Bible article, so it's super long. But scroll to the middle of the page and you'll see it. Okay. Uh, you'll get my live reaction here, everybody. Um, let's see. Is it the whiteout one? They're doing a whiteout, which is interesting. No, it'll um, say Arizona is on the clock. Arizona is on the clock? That's what it says. Oh, oh, the post. Yes. <laughs> you see it now? That is the most unfortunate. <laughs> who passed? Who checked off on this? <laughs> yep. What? They're not even the Arizona cactuses. They're the Arizona wildcats. Yep. You don't even see the body of the cactus. You just see a couple of prongs. Uh -huh. oh. And one of them is going straight up his booty. Straight up his. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what a stupid. Okay. Yep. Definitely Arizona. Hammer that. Uh, lock of the week. <laughs> um <laughs> Let's move on yeah. to another. Uh, speaking of butts, we have El Asico, as some call it. Uh, Iowa at Iowa State, 1.30 p.m. on Fox. This is a reasonable time to have a football game, Fox. Uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, both of these teams have players that were suspended for gambling. Um, it turns out that they all just were charged 675 bucks or something. Uh, instead of having to go to jail or whatever. Uh, but anyway, Iowa, Iowa State, one of the weirdest, worst games, most fun games of the year. Iowa, three and a half point favorites in uh, Jack Trice Stadium. Iowa State, however, has been picked by the fans 57%. So, Justin, where are you going with this one? I'm going with Cade McNamara in Iowa on this one. Um I don't know. I, I really just don't think Iowa State's a good team. I've, I've said this many times in the past. Matt Campbell should have cashed out when he had those couple of good years. <laughs> it's not looking good for him. I think Iowa State's a dumpster fire. Iowa's not much less of a dumpster fire. 
but <laughs> they're not soaked in gasoline like Iowa State is. So give me Iowa in this one. Uh, I'm right there with you. Um, we are lockstep through the first five picks. Um, we are. <laughs> I, I I agree with everything you said. Um, Iowa State is not good. Iowa, okay. If you only score 24 points against Utah State, there's no chance you're at, you're going to average 25 points a game for the rest of the season. There's no way you're going to win this one like nine to six or something, and then it's all going to be over. Bye bye, Brian Ferentz. You're done. Uh, but Iowa still wins the football game. I mean, how, guess how many points BYU scored versus Utah State in 2021? Uh, 40? Yep. Oh, I guess not 40. They scored uh, 34. 34. 2022, 2022, we scored 38. So um, if you can't put 30 points up on Utah State, that's kind of saying something. That is saying something. Those first two drives, though, against Utah State looked really good. Like they went both, they went down the field. They had passing touchdowns um, on both of those drives. Like it, it was good. Like it, it looked like, oh, Iowa is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And then they just like disappeared up their own butts for the rest of the game. Like it was stupid. They went back to stupid Iowa. If Iowa can just not be stupid, if Brian Ferentz can just get out of the way and let his players cook, I think they can be really, really good. So I'm interested to see what team we get. If it's the first half team or the second half team against Iowa State. Iowa State. I don't know. Find out at 1.30 p.m. on Fox. Next up, we're going to review number 19, Wisconsin, who is traveling all the way to Pullman to take on Wazoo. At 5.30 p.m. on ABC primetime, you will be able to watch this game. Wisconsin is currently favored by six points on the road. The fans agree. 71% of them have have chosen the Badgers to win this one. Jared, where are you at on this game? I am very, very excited for this game. That's what I'll tell you. Um, Wisconsin was not as impressive as I thought they would be against Buffalo in their in their opener. Like, yes, they ran for a bajillion yards, and yes, like they won 38 to 17, but they didn't pull away fast. They didn't absolutely destroy Buffalo. Like, it just felt like they kind of just like walked their way to a victory, kind of. You know, they just, you know, we're Wisconsin and you're Buffalo, and that's how the talent edges out, is that we're, you know, seven, you know. Whatever, 19 points better, 21 points better. Um, I expect this one to be very exciting because Wazoo, as underrated and as not highly projected as they were, they scored a bajillion points in their season opener. They have an electric quarterback. They have a great offense. I'm excited to see how this one goes. I wonder if Wisconsin will have to open up the playbook against Wazoo. Um, And playing it in the Palouse is nothing to sneeze out sneeze at Wisconsin did lose to Washington state last year. So there's that Um, for this one. I am going to go with, with, with Wisconsin though. Uh, I think Braylon Allen is an animal. I think Wisconsin is a juggernaut. Even if they are getting used to their new offense, they still have really good talent. Uh, They're the best of the West uh, in the big 10. And it's a principal pick big 10 over the pac 12. Um, Very excited for this game, but I do think Wisconsin is going to be victorious. Jared, you made it sound like this would be the first game that we would differ on, but now we are in agreement once more. <laughs> um, I'm also choosing Wisconsin to win this game. I just I have a lot of respect for Luke Fickle as a coach, and I think that he will put together a good game plan, and I think that they have more talent than Wazoo does. Wisconsin walks away with this one, though I don't know that they cover. Yeah, I think it's going to be closer than people think, and I think 
the determining factor is going to be the tempo that both teams play at, right? If you let Washington State dictate the tempo and Jin or uh, Cameron Ward is just balling out, throwing the ball all over the field, Wisconsin might get into a, into some trouble. But if they can control the clock, if they can run the ball effectively and and hold on to the ball, uh, limit the possessions that Cam Ward does, maybe force a turnover or two, I think that's what's going to decide it. And I just trust Wisconsin to do that more than I trust Wazoo to impose their will on a Wisconsin team led by Luke Fickle. Yeah, I know. I completely agree with that. Next up. 130 ESPN two. We have one of the biggest games of the weekend. Number 20 Ole Miss going to number 24 Tulane, the battle for the powder blue. Uh, <laughs> this is awesome. Awesome game. Super excited for this one. Not very often that you see a good, like even a great G five team host a very good P five team. Uh, maybe very good. Isn't the word I would use with Ole Miss right now, but Jackson dart lane Kiffin uh, and juice Kiffin. That good dog, uh, the good boy that runs out and gets the tee. Um, they'll be going to, uh, what is it, Ulamon Stadium or something? Uh, uh, no clue. Ole Miss favored by seven and a half points in Vegas, but the fans have chosen Tulane with 69%. Nice. Nice. Justin, who are you going with this one in the Battle of the Powder Blues? I'm going to have to go against the fans on this one. I'm going with Ole Miss. Um, I do think that Tulane is a very good football team. I am pretty high on Jackson Dart, though. I think he played very well in his in, in the game versus um, – who did they play again? I, I forget. They played, Mercer, um, I think. Yeah, Mercer, some random FCS school. Played very well. I think that he's going to continue to play very well. Ole Miss has a lot of really good weapons. And defensively, I think they're just better than Tulane is. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss in this one. But what are you feeling? This is a hard one for me. I mean, principle would lead me to pick Tulane over Ole Miss because G5 over P5, uh, non-SEC versus SEC, right? You just always root for the non-SEC team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I also picked against Tulane, and they won last week. I don't know. I'm talking myself into this Tulane pick, but I'm not confident about it. I think Tulane might cover. I just don't know if they're going to win the game. I I have no idea how good Ole Miss is. I have no idea if Tulane is a – you know, I mean, they beat up on South Alabama, which is great, but this is Ole Miss we're talking about. They have a competent offense. Um, I really don't know. I'm going with Tulane in this one as a principal pick. So, Justin, we do finally differ in one. We do. I'm not very confident in this pick at all. Um, but I told myself I was going to stick to my principles this week. And so, Tulane it is. Fair enough, man. Dude, you got to stick to your principle. Your heart will guide you. Next up on Fox Sports 1 at 5 p.m. on Saturday, you'll have UCF, the Golden Knights, traveling to Boise, Idaho. Boise, notably not a state. Not a state. To take on the Broncos. UCF is is favored by three and a half points in Boise. The fans, 71% of them at least, think that UCF will win this football game. But where are you at, Jared? This is another principal pick, dude. Frick Boise, you're not a state. Central Florida, all the way. I hate. I know they hate being called Central Florida, so that's why I'm calling them Central Florida. Uh, I I kind of like UCF. Like UCF's always kind of that fun team. They have the national championship that is undisputed. Um, that I don't know. I Gus Malzahn is kind of a weird dude. Uh, John Rice Plumley is a terrible quarterback, but an amazing athlete. Uh. I just don't I don't I don't know. I could see Boise State winning this game, but I am full on UCF in this one. I I am very excited to watch it. I 
these two quarterbacks are going to light up the scoreboard, but I like UCF in a, in a uh, high scoring affair. I just trust them more to win a game rather than lose it late. Dude, I break Boise, not a state. That's Let's all I got to go. say about this one. Albertsons. I do like Albertsons as a grocery store, but not as a stadium. That that's true. Very true. Also overrated. Uh, everything about Boise state is overrated. Um, yep. Blue turf, it kills kills birds. Okay, they think it's it water does. and they dive into it. That's sad. exactly very They're sad. Hurting the environment makes me cry. Yeah. Uh. Very. Yes. Very sad. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Saturday, five p.m. ESPN. This is the big one. This is the one everybody's talking about. Um. Well, I guess not really. Fox really loves Joel Klatt. Loves to talk about Colorado, but this is the big one of the weekend. You got number 11, Texas at number three, Alabama, 5 p.m. on ESPN. I'm really interested in this one. Texas did not look very good against Rice. Yes, they pulled away late, but they just, I don't know. Their offense wasn't clicking. Quinn Ewers, I mean, Justin, I I think it was you that said it. He's like Samson, right? With Mm -hmm. the Bible, you cut off the mullet and he lost his power. Yep. Um, I I just don't know how, is Texas going to be as good as they were um, last year when they should have and absolutely could have beaten uh, Alabama. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited for this one. I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, Bama is the favorite in Vegas by seven points. And the fans have also chosen Bama though. Very close. Only 54%. That was our closest one of the entire slate. Uh, so Justin, where are you going with this one? It is in Bryant Denny stadium in Balaama. Uh, are you going Bama or hook them? I'm going Bama with this one. I think their quarterback is going to be very good this year. He looks like a legitimate dual threat guy, which, I mean, Bama hasn't had like a super legitimate dual threat guy in a very long time. So, um, yeah, give me give me Alabama on this one. And before Mark comes at me and says, oh, well, they've had other mobile QBs. Yeah, not like this guy, though, okay? There's a difference between being a mobile QB and a dual threat quarterback. This guy is a dual threat quarterback. He's not just mobile. So yeah. Anyway, give me Bama. Where are you at, Jared? Texas or Bama? <laughs> I'm very uh, undecided on this one. I am very excited to watch. This is one of those years, and I know I picked Bama to lose, you know, three games for the first time in 15 years or whatever. <laughs> After week one, dude, that was a stupid decision. Well, who am I to doubt mixing? <laughs> Um, yep. But at the same time, like, I think Texas just didn't show anything against rice. I, I think this whole off season, they've been preparing for the Alabama game. I thought, you know, it, it seemed like they just didn't care about the rice game. They're like, let's just get through this without getting injured and let's go be Alabama. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like I have to take Texas because I'm, I'm in on the Texas wagon. Uh, Alabama looked so good in week one. Texas didn't like you have that disparity it's in Alabama and Alabama. Like they're not known for having a great home field environment, but it's not bad, right? Like the stands are going to be packed. It's going to be loud. This is a state that loves football. Um, also, I mean, the nation roots for Bama because bandwagon, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to go with Texas on this one. I, 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 I'm going Texas. I don't like okay. it. I, I think Quinn okay. yours has a lot to prove. And I think he's going to go out there and try and prove it. I think Alabama's a juggernaut. I think Alabama's going to win, but I'm sticking by my principles, man. I think Texas can win, 
Jane Milrow looked incredible against Middle Tennessee State, but who are they? What what is Alabama's offensive identity? Is it really just going to be like a 2009 Alabama team where it's just ground and pound the whole time? Um, is Texas for real? Like, is their offense going to be able to kind of unlock itself and score a bunch of points? I don't know. I'm very interested. I'm going with Texas, but not super confident. Uh, definitely covering a seven point spread, I would think. Um, but I I don't know. I I just think. I got to stick with my guns. Got to stick with the principles this week, and we'll reassess after this weekend. Next up, we got the big kahuna, the game that everyone cares about. Every (laughs) television in the nation will be tuned in to ESPN Plus at 1 p.m., where the Southern Utah Thunderbirds will be taking on the Cougars of Brigham Young University. There is no spread to this game because it's an FBS opponent playing an FCS opponent. However, there is a fan vote, and the fan vote is, um, to say the least, disappointing. Um, Only 95% of you guys voted BYU as the winner of this game. Excuse me? One person. Yeah, one person that voted that BYU would lose. Jared, would you do the honor of publicly shaming this person? Yes, I would love nothing more than to publicly shame this person. Uh, in fact, this person may be in the same household that I am in right now, so I'm going to yell this real loud. Gotcha, Mariah Call! You are a sinner! Yeah, that's it. It was my sister, Katie. That. Sister How Katie. How dare she? She's a terrible person. Um, <laughs> yeah, she picked against BYU. I even made it very obvious on the Instagram post. Defensive juggernaut or a glorified St. George High School. And she picked a glorified St. George High School. Can you believe that? I. This is disgusting. These are straight-up picks. Maybe she doesn't know these are straight-up picks. Maybe she thinks she's going to bet against some imaginary spread. Because I that would not be a bad bet. If BYU's minus 28 and a half, I'd bet Southern Utah all day. But there's no chance, no chance, that we're going to lose this game to Southern Utah. So, Katie, consider yourself publicly humiliated. Well, there is no chance, according to you, Jared, but what is your score prediction for this game? Uh, I'm going BYU. I'm going to go 38-3. to three. I, I think that's a healthy victory. I I don't know if I would be, like, super impressed with it. I would be very happy. Uh, definitely not where we want to be. Like, we should be putting up 45 on these guys with this kind of an offense. But 38-3, to three, I think, is it, – it's maybe a little aggressive, but that's what I'm going to go with. I think we take a step forward today. Um, you know, win by a solid 35 points. Uh, the more I think about it, the more I think it's too aggressive, but we're leaving it out there. 38 to three. Well, I mean, Hey, my pick is even more aggressive. I think BYU is going to win this game 41 to three. Ooh, it's time for the BYU offense to show some fireworks. The defense is going to play well. The three points is probably going to come off of like a dumb fumble or interception or something that gets turned into a field goal. But um, I think the defense is going to show out. I think the offense is going to show out. I think BYU is not pulling any punches versus the Thunderbirds. Uh, I think I would be okay with either of these scores. Um, <laughs> I I think this would be a great outing for BYU. I would love to see a defensive score. I mean, if, yeah. if we do see a defensive score, the score better be higher. Like, we better be scoring 45 points. But I think that would be great. I think it's something that we could see as well. We got a ton of athletes. I don't know. Something to look out for. Yep. I would love to see that as well. Uh, Well, before we get out of here, Justin, that does wrap it up for us. We do have, let's see, we differ on two picks. 
Um, and both of them are me going against the SEC. Um, <laughs> Tulane and Texas against your Ole Miss and Bama. Uh, that'll decide it uh, for us. The fans differ a little bit from us, um, mainly in the Auburn Cal game, Colorado game, uh, Mississippi State. They chose Iowa State. So there is a lot of difference there. So we could make up a lot of game on these guys, uh, a lot of ground on these guys. Uh, if if we're able to rein it in, uh, I'm just super excited for this weekend. I think it's a great slate of games. Every single window has at least two or three games that I'm very excited to watch. Plus, we get the Friday night, you know, appetizer of Illinois at Blackout, Kansas. Heck yeah, there's a great slate of games out there. And if you're sitting there wondering, geez, how the heck am I going to know what to watch? How am I going to figure out when these good games are? What are the games in these slates that Jared is talking about? then you need to head to royalstrongandtrue.com right now and click on the weekend watch guide. Every single week, Jared is preparing these weekend watch guides for you guys, and they are amazing. They'll tell you what teams to watch, when to watch them, and relevancy they have to the college football season, to BYU season. It's an absolutely masterpiece of a document that you can print out, put on your fridge, and you will know what games to watch, when, on what channels. It's, it's, it's the perfect football guide document. Uh, thank you for the kind words, Justin. Uh, I do appreciate it. It is uh, a lot of work, but I know that people really, really enjoy it, and it's very useful for me as well. So, uh, yeah, definitely go check those out. There's going to be a lot of green on the weekend watch guide. I can tell you that much. It's going to be a very, very fun weekend uh, of football. So, without further ado, let's get out of here. Let's get these people that are football watching, and uh, let's have ourselves a weekend, everybody. Heck, yeah. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a review, share it with a friend. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod, where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content, and you will have a chance to have your comments featured on the show, just as fans' sh- comments were featured on the show today. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. Goodbye now.